0: 2,000 years ago Jesus knew that our hearts were always hardwired to chase something to chase something that would satisfy us to chase something that would fulfill us, to chase something that we think if we could ever get our hands on it or we could ever be near it or we could ever get around it, it would be what would finish us up. It would would complete the package. It would fill the hole and fill the void. It's so ironic that 2,000 years ago on a hillside in his very first sermon, he knew their hearts were chasing something, And 2,000 years later on a Sunday like this, he knows our hearts are chasing something, something we just can't get to. It's always that elusive thing. It's right out in front of us, and we feel like if we could just reach out and grab it, it would make everything else make sense. And it may be a job, it may be a person, it may be a place, it may be a thing, but it's chasing, and we feel that chase because it comes with a a little unsettledness inside of us. And what I love about Jesus is he gets it. He gets the story. He gets who we are. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you take your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to camp out together this morning. If you've got your North Star app, you can go to North Star Church, Georgia. All right? That will be where we will settle in. And uh, it'll help guide you along. And you've also got your little worship guide. Matthew 6, verse number 25. Jesus is finishing this conversation he's having in this very first sermon. And I'm telling you. It's more fresh than the news that just pulled up on Instagram or Twitter right now because it's right where you and I live. In fact, he could have written it this morning because he knows you and me so well. And he knew these guys. Back then, he knew these guys so well. Look at what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not be, what's this word? About your life. Don't be anxious about your life. I know you're going to. I know there's always missing parts. I'm going to save you a little side trip, Jesus says. Don't be anxious about this life. In fact, four different times in this time we're going to read together this morning, he uses this phrase, don't be anxious. So let's get a little definition for anxiousness. I would just qualify anxiousness as unsettledness. It's that unsettledness. It's not... It's just not quite there. When we are not anxious, we're at peace. When we are anxious, we are unsettled. That might be a little phrase that we use. Don't be anxious about your life, about what you'll eat, about what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And then he goes back to this phrase. And which of you by being, what? what's the word? Can add a single hour to a span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive, tomorrow thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. It's interesting. Jesus diagnoses the root of anxiousness. We're going to talk about it this morning. It was the same then. Well, Mike, they were different. Yeah, they were. But they're still just like us. They're still people that are hardwired to live in this world, that are hardwired to get through this world. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For for what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, And all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day in its own trouble. One passage said this way, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen on that? Dear Lord in heaven, is that not right, right? And tomorrow, I don't even want to know. You'll meet people all the time, if I just knew what was coming... Dear Lord, I don't want to know what's coming, right? Let me just get through today. I don't don't need to worry about tomorrow. Jesus nails it. You and I may look different, act different, dress different, come from different places, but we all have this tiny bit of anxiousness that lives down in our heart, this unsettledness, this, this piece of us that's not peaceful. And today we're going to talk about it. I'm telling you, some of you, some of you, are going to walk out these doors today, and you're going to feel different than when you walked in. Would you pray with me? Would you ask God to speak to you this morning, would you? God, you hear our prayers. Now speak to our heart. And God, when you speak, we will listen. When you speak, we will follow. When you you speak, when you tap, we'll turn our face towards you. And God, that's my prayer this morning. It's been my prayer all morning that we would hear from you. And God, I I give it to you and I ask that you be with us now. And I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to have you here for this last week of this series. We've called the chase. We've been on this journey through Matthew 6 and all the different things that you and I are chasing. Jesus gets into a real interesting passage here because he talks about two things. So at the top of your outline, I want you to write two words. Ready? Needs, wants. Would you write that in? Needs, wants. Right there at the top. Pin it in. You can type it in your phone. Needs and wants jesus talks about things in life that cause us anxiousness what we'll wear what we'll eat what we'll drink those are needs right those are needs those are things you and i need to get by to live this life the problem is our heart doesn't only chase after our needs our heart chases after Our wants. Ann and I went through a a series a couple years ago. It was called Crown uh, Financial Ministries, and we went through a whole workshop with Crown. And there was one whole session on needs and wants. And the whole thing was to plan your money properly. Only by your needs, do not just go out and get your wants if they're not in a budget. And so this sounded great. We were in it on a Thursday morning. This session sounded great. On Friday night, we went shopping and we were out looking around. And I went, this was the phrase I used, I need to get that. And Anne had paid attention in class and she said, do you need it or do you just want it? And I went, none of your business, right? Yeah, I'm going to get it. That's what I'm going to do, which is why we get our hearts in trouble because we chase after wants, not needs. Jesus knew this. Now, here's the great part. Here's the great part. He lets us all off the hook because he knows we're all anxious. So don't sit in your chair this morning and go, God, I feel so guilty. I feel so bad. He already knows. In his very first sermon 2,000 years ago, he addressed it. Did you hear him berating them? No. Did you hear him yelling at them? No. But here's what he would say to you, and here's what he would say to me this morning. I got a better way for you to live. I got a better avenue for you to find. If you walk my way, this world will be better for you couple different things he gives us this morning about about finding peace. remember anxiousness is that unsettledness, it's that churning in our stomach, it's that thought we're missing out on something. He gives us a couple things. Number 1, admit the root of my anxieties, inadequate faith. Admit the root of my anxieties, inadequate faith. He compares them to gentiles. Now, let me tell you why that was a big deal. It was a big deal because the people that were listening to him claimed to know God, but yet their hearts looked just like the people who didn't know God. All right? So today it would, he would say it this way. For those of you that know me and follow me, your life should not look like those who don't follow me. You should know more. You should know better. You should know me better and he diagnoses the root of the anxieties and the root of the anxieties is inadequate faith what does that mean it means this it means at the end of the day we don't know if god will really come through for us or not that's inadequate faith at the end of the day we're really not sure hey we're good that he put the stars in space we're good that he hung us just perfectly in the universe that we won't burn up or freeze to death even though yesterday was getting close all right and so but but he put us just at a a perfect balance we don't we don't i don't even i don't go to bed at night going dear lord don't let the earth tilt one more degree because I don't want to live in a frozen world. I don't think that way. I don't go, Lord, don't tilt it one more way because I don't want it to be a spinning ball of of fire in in outer space. I don't think that way. But you know what I think? I know he can do all that. I just don't know if he can take care of my stuff. Y'all that way? My problems, because my problems might be a little too big for him. See, the root of our anxiety isn't life. The root of our anxiety is it exposes how inadequate our faith is. Our faith comes up against something, and our faith is lacking. Look at what he said. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little, what's that word? Here's what he would say. You say it, but I don't know if you really believe it. I always think my faith's good until it's tested. And when my faith gets tested, it doesn't always turn out so well. In fact, there's been times I've walked up against things in life, and I'll come home and Ann and I'll be sitting at dinner, and we'll talk we still eat dinner together every day out of a restaurant of our choice nearest. But, anyways, and so um we're supporting the economy. All right, and so we're sitting there, just the two of us, and we're having dinner, we're talking, and I'll I'll say something like, you know, I just don't know what's gonna happen with this. And you know, in the conversation, well, didn't we do a sermon on that? I'm like. Yeah, but that's for Sundays. But I, I mean, I'm really struggling with it. I mean, that's how we live sometimes, right? We live in this vortex of, does my faith really matter Monday to Saturday, not just Sundays? That's what Jesus is saying. I remember in school, when I was going through high school and college, the worst phrase in seminary, the worst phrase you could ever hear was, clear your desk, take out a blank sheet of paper, we're gonna have a pop, What? dear i still wake up with worries about that you're sweating because you knew at the end of the pop quiz your sheet was still going to be blank all right because they were going to test what you were learning problems test our faith don't they and jesus says why are you worrying about look at the look at the grass of the field if god will take care of that will he not much more take care of you Our anxiety, which we deal with in this life, always sources back to inadequate faith. And I want you to write this in under number one, all right? And we're going to move on to number two. Our God just isn't big enough. That's what it means. That makes me feel bad. Yeah, it makes me feel bad too. And I'm a minister. And I still deal with it too. Our God just isn't. Big enough. That's why he said, Don't be like the Gentiles. They don't even know my father. Look at look around you. Remember, they're sitting on a hillside. And he goes, Look around you, look at all this grass, look at all these flowers. Do you even think where that comes from? Do you worry? It's you don't even think about it." it. This anxiousness is rooted in this faith. You know, back in the New Testament, Jesus uses a phrase to have a faith like a child so let's think about that real quick um how many of you have children under five at home raise your hand all right we're gonna pray for you right now dear lord all right bless these amazing people because i remember that so all right and so you you got children at home um you know one of the things we had a lot of crazy conversations with our kids kids ask you some crazy stuff crazy i mean like you don't even want your friends to know stuff your kids ask you because it's embarrassing Right, I remember one day Casey and I were driving down 41, and we had this whole conversation. I, was, I don't know how old he was. He was probably 15 or 16. All right, We're driving down uh, a car parkway, and he said, Dad, I think Batman's real and Jesus is fake. And I'm like, whoa, and I remember pulling over the car. What is your mother teaching you? Good Lord, what's happening here? And, and they just ask crazy stuff. But you know one thing our kids never asked us when they were growing up? They never ask us how we we're going to pay mortgage at the end of the month. Never. Dad, you know, I was contemplating last night in my room. How you and your mom are going to make ends meet at the end of this month? It's Christmas. You know, I don't need anything this year because I know money's tight. Does your two-year-old ever tell you that? Heck no. They're giving you their wish list, right? Because they assume you have everything under control. That's why he said to have a faith like a little child. They just trust. They don't think about it. They just trust. They just know you got it. You know what God wants you to know this morning? He's got it. He's going to be okay. He can handle your stuff. Look at number two. Ready? Y'all aren't listening fast enough. We got to move on. All right, here we go. Number two, fight doubt with truth. Fight doubt doubt with truth you are going to have doubts doubts are part of it my god I feel so bad because I'm a believer and I really believe but sometimes I doubt sometimes I wonder sometimes I question what do I do with that you fight doubt with truth you're like the man who brought his child to Jesus and he said will you heal my child and Jesus looked at him and he said I will if you believe And the man said, I do believe, just help me with my unbelief. That's doubts. Jesus didn't yell at the guy. Jesus said, just embrace where you are and know these facts. Number one, a couple little thoughts. God is able. He is able. Isn't the body worth more than food and clothes? If God formed us, he can feed us. If He created us, He can clothe us, and if He can sustain us by our breath, He can supply what we need. Second, I'm valuable. Not only is God able, I'm valuable. I want everybody to look at me. To Him, you're worth it. To Him, you're worth it. You may not feel it. It Doesn't matter. To Him, you're worth it. I may not think it. it. Doesn't matter. To Him. You're worth it. God doesn't look at you and go, man, what what was I doing? What was I thinking? They're so weak. They're not strong. He looks at you, and you are worth everything to him. He thinks you're worth it. You know, I love how in this passage, he talks about how valuable you are. He's going to feed the birds of the air, which are everywhere. He's going to feed you. Third thing, worry is futile. Worry is futile. Worry is futile. Where does worry get you? Nowhere. All right, let me ask you a question. We've done this before, but I think to ever get better, we got to own up to where we are. How many of you struggle, honestly, you struggle with worry? Raise your hand, right? If you're sitting there and you didn't raise your hand and you're worried about it, you worry too, all right? And sorry, I'm not sure, right, you're a worrier. Some of you aren't worriers. I mean, I've, I've met you, you're not worriers. Um, we, we use a phrase here at North Stern. you may want to write this in, and the phrase is this, worries are just prayers we say to ourselves. We're praying to ourselves, problem with praying to me is I can't answer anything. is futile. Jesus said, you, wanna, you know what's gonna keep you anxious? Worry. You know what's gonna keep you stressed? Worry. Do you know what's gonna keep you up at night and destroy relationships? Worry. Why? Because worry comes down at the end of the day to I'm just praying to me, I'm not praying to him. We would never say it that way. Oh, yeah, I trust the Lord. But we find ourselves just totally immersed in ourselves and our issues. Next thing, God knows the best time. These are things to remind ourselves of. God knows the best time. He knows all the things that you're going to need. I want you to write a little thought down. Ready? Both now and future. Would you write that down? Both now and future. What do we see? In this world, we see what's right in front of us, don't we? Isn't that what we see? We see a snapshot of what I'm in. And what we're in at times looks overwhelming. What we're in at times looks like we can't get out of it. What we're in at times looks like there is no way through this, around this, up this, or down this. I'm stuck. What does God see? What does God see? He sees everything you got to trust he sees something you don't see. you got to trust at the end of the day. God knows something you don't know. You've got a snapshot. You were watching a movie, and the movie's bad, and you hit pause, and you went, this is a bad ending. You hadn't seen the ending yet. You don't know what the end is. You haven't finished the movie. God sees all things. He knows, I love what Jesus said there. He said he sees all things. All that you need both now and what's to come. God knows the best time. And giving myself to his cause in the world is my greatest need. Giving myself to his cause in this world. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know why that's a big deal? Everybody look at me. Because then you won't chase stuff that doesn't matter. You won't chase stuff that won't satisfy you you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness is that possible sure it is is it hard sure it is in fact here's what i'll tell you you can do that today and by next sunday you could be doing something else all right next one my faith needs renewing each morning my faith needs renewing each morning I'm just going to be really honest with you. Our faith can take a beating in this world. And that's why Lamentations tells us this, that his mercies are new. Would you say this phrase with me? Every morning. His mercies are new when? His mercies are new when? If you seek them. If you seek them. It's funny, um... Sometimes we wonder why anxiousness captures us so much. And it's been weeks since we talked to the Lord. Sometimes we wonder why we get overwhelmed by this life. And it's been a week where we've been too busy. We haven't opened the Bible. man. We haven't been to a small group. We haven't done a digging deeper. We We haven't accessed that part of the Lord. And we're just overwhelmed with anxiousness. We've got to renew our faith. I want you to get this. And I'm going to say something. I say it all the time, and I say it all the time because i got to say it all the time because we got to get it. It's the, it's the, it's the linchpin. It's the crux of all this. We renew our faith daily. His mercies are new every morning. Why? So God can be reminded he loves us? No, 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 no. So we can be reminded that he loves us. Not so God can be reminded. God already knows he loves you. You renew your mind daily so you can be reminded, okay? Because here's what happens. Our circumstances begin to look bigger than God, don't they? And we get anxious. Our life begins to look bigger than God and we get overwhelmed. And God says, I want you to come back to me every day. My mercies are new. What I gave you yesterday, I'll give you something different today. It will never be the same. You'll go hear a preacher. He'll tell you the same stories ten times. I'll never give you old stuff. My mercies are new every morning. Number three. Ready? Let God carry it. Let God carry it. You've been toting it around long enough. Let God carry it. Some of you that walked through the doors this morning in Compass, True North, many of you that just tuned in online, you're out of town, you're traveling. You're sitting there this morning, you're like, this is me. What happens when you carry something for too long? You get tired. When you get tired, the Bible says it's a word. It says it's called weariness. Maybe the stuff in life is stacking up. Maybe finances. Could be marriage. Could be issues with our kids. And when you heard that phrase today, but Jesus saying, listen, don't be anxious. You're like, you're a bottle of just nerves. And you're just unsettled. There's a phrase that Simon Peter used in 1 Peter that's for you this morning. And the phrase is this, Casting all your, what's that word? On him. Who is him? Who's him? Casting all your anxieties on. I want everybody to say Jesus together. Casting all your anxieties on who? Because he cares for you. He don't want you to carry them. He do not want you to own him. He wants you to trust him. Faith always is a derivative of trust. My faith grows when I trust the most. When I go, God, I can't, you can. And we'll all get there. But it's easier to go quicker than slower. God. Ah, trust you. You know what I love about this? Here's the, here's the crazy part. That's what I love about it. He isn't mad about it. He had not ticked about it. He's not going, you stupid people. Is that what he's saying? He's like, I don't want to see you be burdened by the things of this world any longer. I just want you to trust me. Give it to me. Unpack it. Pass it on. And every time it comes up, I want you to be reminded, I got you. Remember when Paul said to pray without ceasing? And you're like, that's impossible. You know what I think Paul was referring to? Now, this is the Mike International Version, all right? And so here's what I think Paul was referring to. I think Paul was referring to constant prayer. Every time a worry comes up, I pray. Every time a thought comes up, I pray. Every time I think of something, I pray. Got a chores. What are you going to do about God? a it's yours. What are you going to do about a job? It's yours. What are you going to do about your kids getting money for? God, it's yours. What are you going to do about it? God, it's yours. But what? God, it's yours. That's praying without ceasing. God, it's yours. Not, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with it? Because the problem with worry is worry doesn't stop. Worry just keeps spinning. And the more it spins, the bigger the ball gets. And then we get overwhelmed and we go, I can't can't do it. Like you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I've traveled that trail. And at the end of it, it's just, you're just like, why did I ever do that? God, it's, it's yours. You know, I think Jesus has walked down some of our aisles this morning and he's tapped you on the shoulder and he's sat down beside you and he's put his arm around you and went, today was for you anymore.' Would you pray with me? Healing always begins with revealing. And sometimes our greatest step is the first step. How many of you it, hey, Mike? I, I'm a believer that word anxious my picture could be just dis- beside it in the dictionary I'm a ball of stuff and nobody around me may even know I hide it really well but I don't want to live there I want my faith to overcome my fear and my doubts now my doubts Fears overcoming my faith. How many of you say today, Mike? That's me. And today I want to cast all my anxieties on Jesus again because I know He cares for me. If that's you this morning, and, and you may be the only one, and you may be 50 of you. I don't think there's one, I promise you. But who cares? We're friends here. If that's you here today in Compass, True North, or even if you're watching online, you may just stand up right where you are. Would you just stand right where you are? Would you? Just stand. Just say, God, I don't want to live here anymore. I'm a believer, but I am so tired of being tired and overwhelmed by anxiousness. If you're still sitting, would you pray for those around you? Would you? He didn't call us to live a life that's full of doubt and fear. He called us to live a life that trusts him. Right where you are today, and I, I I can't even put words to it better than you can. Would you just say, God, I, I give you blank, whatever it is. It could be finances, it could be my marriage, it could be my my kids, it could be my job could be my future could be our future I, I just can't carry this anymore just pass it on to him like I want to say the right things no, 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 those are the right things trust me, those are the right things and then would you tell him God, I'm going to come to you every day And be reminded of this faith. Would you? Would you tell him that? Monday, tomorrow, I'm going to go remind myself of this. And he tells you, good, because my mercies are new every morning. I'll give you a little bit more tomorrow. I'm not mad at you. I just want you to trust me. him I'm leaving it here today. I'm just leaving it. I'm not taking it with me. Would everybody stand with me now. In both our rooms. Father, we don't want a weak faith. God, we don't want a faith that, that cowers in the face of fear. Or in the troubles of this world in this earth. God, we want to set our heart on you. and God, we want to turn our eyes towards you and be reminded you can and you want to. It's in Jesus' name I pray.